Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Faith. This is episode three. I am Renata Del Carmen, and I am here with my favorite co-host, Tiffany E. Hi, Tiffany. Hello, Renata. Hello, everyone. I consider myself to be a lifelong learner and advocate for all things right and just, and I'm hoping to spread knowledge, love, and care in a world filled with a lot of uncertainty. I cannot wait to get into our topic for today. Yes, because today we are talking COVID, education, and the unpopular vote. My, oh my. (laughs) I'm in New York, and we have been in phases opening the city back up from being on stay-at-home orders for almost a little over 100 days. Mm-hmm. And of course, like people are out. I've seen people out. I've seen them out without masks, right? And there are a lot mm-hmm. of <laughs> important conversations happening, like uh, that of education and what that will look like and reopening schools. I think it's popular in the news overall, anyway, whether you are in that opening phase or not. What is mm-hmm. like your experience with that? So I reside in a state that definitely went under quarantine orders, uh, but masks were optional. And that was concerning for a lot of different reasons. Unfortunately, fast forward two, three months, and now we have uh, some of the highest numbers in the country. (laughs) And many students and parents have the same concerns that we have as educators. So... I would love to unpack some of that today. Different, I guess, for every state, every governor rules differently mm-hmm. um, and has different pressures, right? <laughs> there are other states that see as many uh, tourists as New York does. And mm-hmm. so like, um, it's our city, the heartbeat here is a bit different because we don't have as many tourists. Um, a lot of the people that were here in New York City are not necessarily from here. So mm-hmm. um, it's a lot lighter as far as traffic and people and stuff like that. But considering mm-hmm. that we are talking about reopening schools, it is concerning that people who haven't been here for quite some time will now come into a city that's kind of gotten a new groove, so to speak, where right. they're, they're following certain guidelines and adhering to like orders from the governor and the mayor. And sometimes that is a little annoying because that is also conflicting mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Um, but now people will come from other places where they've been able to do whatever they would like to do. And we haven't really had that luxury. I mean, people do Mm -hmm. what they want, right? But for the most part, people were like, we're stopping the spread because bodies were like 700 bodies uh, uh, dying a day for Mm -hmm. over a month is a lot of people, right? Wow. So we've seen that pain, we've seen the results mm-hmm. of COVID and are still mm-hmm. seeing the results of it, even from people who have bounced back. To say that you, we must reopen schools and have children, and let's just talk about K through 12, right? That's a, right. That's a wide range, but when we, we can, college, you know, they're pretty much adult. 
they can fend for themselves. But when you tell a five-year-old that they must come mm -hmm. to school, they must stand six feet apart from their classmate, they must wear their mask all day, they must not touch anyone else's pencil, they must not touch anyone else's toy crayon, they have to be sanitized when they come into the building. They cannot leave the building and come back without their temperature taken and being sanitized again. And that goes for staff, students, and all of the above, right? Mm -hmm. Parents are going to want to come in. Parents can't come in because you right. add to the, the risk of people contracting the virus. Um, mm -hmm. And so, like, obviously, educators have their concerns, right? I think Absolutely. when parents are making the decision to return, have their child return, like, are mm -hmm. we really giving them the, <laughs> the nitty-gritty of what the experience in school will be like for their child? That's a great question. I think, honestly, given all that you shared and the many different dynamics of what it looks like in one school day, it's all trial and error. It is all trial and error. Whether you are going to have your parents take their children's temperature and put it in a spreadsheet before they get on campus, it's trial and error. And then there's another dynamic of it that I was having a conversation with um, a colleague a couple of months ago. What about the privacy? component, right? If you take a, a child's temperature and they're within that range where they can't come in, well, everyone sees them driving off and then there comes the rumor mill. Right. So it really is trial and error. I have so much respect for the administrators who are busting their butts to come up with the best plan possible because... Hi. Hi. That's me. <laughs> Thank you, sis. Thank you. <laughs> because this is no easy task. It's stressful. It's confusing. I mean, you know, just the amount of angst thinking about the month of August right. and all the planning that needs to happen. My hope is that this will bond us as educators through this planning process. Yeah, I think um, educators always wear a very heavy crown that they are not necessarily celebrated for. And mm -hmm. it's frustrating to know that um, we are considered essential, but are not mm -hmm. treated essential. In fact, like sometimes they're like, educators' lives matter. <laughs> oh boy. Educators' lives matter. So yes, now, they do. If you've worked in education, you know that colds, mm -hmm. cough, sneeze, blunt stomach virus bug, it has spread in lice, like everything. Lice, bed bugs, everything mm -hmm. has spread in schools like wildfire. So mm -hmm. now in the midst of this pandemic, which there is no still no concrete um, information that says Right. If you do this, you'll get this. This is how it affects you. This is the end result. We still don't know that for sure. Right. It's still developing every day. But we are going to put you in our building and make you responsible mm -hmm. for all of these children mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and staff because at the end of the day, like you have to ensure the health of your, your staff. And absolutely students. and like it's just super frustrating <sighs> well it's frustrating it's concerning it's um you know when i think about the school day everything that happens in that day whether it be lunches practice after school if you play a sport right i mean there's so much to think about and we're guinea pigs that's really that's really it Precisely. We've been given guidelines on room capacity mm-hmm. and just like details around um, health and safety guidelines. So like okay. if everyone has to wear a mask all day, the only people that are allowed to remove their masks are the teachers and or uh, school leadership. And you can only remove your mask mm-hmm. if you are in a room alone. So how do you drink? How do you eat as a child if you're not allowed to remove your mask, right? Then there is the, the, you can't come within six feet Mm. of the child. I don't know anyone who has been able to discipline a child without getting a little close, (laughs) right? Well, that, yes. You have to get a little close sometimes and be like, hello, hon, listen. (laughs) right? (laughs) So if you can't even get that close, and if you do get Mm -hmm. close, that child has to be wearing a shield, not Mm -hmm. just a mask, but a shield. So this child is in the middle of being defiant to begin with, and Mm -hmm. you have to convince them to put on a shield so you can get a little close and say, hey, (laughs) not, not, what's happening today? Are we okay? And then the opposite of that for the kids who need that touch and that love and that hug throughout the day. Right. Right. Pre-K three, pre-K three, kindergarten, first grade, all they do is hug all day. All they do is touch each other all day. And and each other and each other's things. Right. That's my pencil. That's not your pencil. I came with that pencil. (laughs) Wearing a mask all day is no easy task. Okay. That's what health workers are doing every day, all day. The longest I've worn a mask was probably four, three to three to five hours. And it was not easy. Comfortable, especially when it's hot. Right. Exactly. It's a lot. I think that um, even now as we, as we uh, open schools, our particular net organization opened schools in August as well. And mm-hmm. we have, there's already been a pushback on that start date. So okay. I think parents will need to start um, thinking about as outlined by the mayor on whether they will opt to do remote learning okay. in the fall. So it's an option. You can send your child to school or you can have them learn at home. But that poses up, uh, obstacles for parents who need to go to work I, either way it will because the schedule will be a little crazy for kids going to school anyway but mm-hmm. um i think there are a lot of parents who will opt to do remote learning one because mm-hmm. they some of them have already experienced loss in their families right and so why risk it right mm-hmm. and some just don't want their kids to have that experience. So I think like parents have a lot of options to weigh out, which 
um, is hard. It is hard. And where I live in this state, we will also have <laughs> options, which is nice, right? And if the parent and the student disagree on those options, you know, if the student is ready to go back and ready to take that risk and say, I yeah. will abide by the rules, I'm okay. And that parent says, no, you will not. You will have the virtual learning experience. That causes a whole nother dynamic. So yeah. lots to come ahead, but you know what? Uh, we hope for the best. <laughs> we hope for the best. We hope for the best. And sometimes we can kind of not, manip manipulate is not the word I want to use. Mm -hmm. um, Dictate? We can, we, speaking of dictate, let's go show for that. Speaking of, I feel as if we are, our country, not we as a people, because mm -hmm. we have, we serve a different Lord, right? But Correct. Sir, Sir Trump um, seems to have this desire to dictate a lot of things. And I'm, I'm still a little confused as to how he even got in this seat, like, Clearly, he has a following that wanted to see him be president of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. I was not one of those people. Um, okay. And I am one of those people who do not want to see him reelected in November. So I'm just concerned with like, even as we speak of education, like where is mm -hmm. voting in all of this? Because this is critical to have a different tomorrow like we mm -hmm. seeing today we don't even understand what's happening today but we know we don't want it to be our tomorrow so mm -hmm. like where are we it, like in campaigning and options and voting and absentee ballots and covid and like and i just need a nap is basically <laughs> what happens when I listen to all of that. But you know, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. There is a level of importance and responsibility that comes with being an adult in this country and voting. Mm. I want to approach this with love and say <laughs> that there's some things that people who are in certain offices just don't know. They just yeah. don't know. They weren't educated on it for some odd reason. And I feel like in our education system, voting, well, let me speak on behalf of my experience <laughs> in the education system. Voting was not one of those things that um, was presented to me as uh, a duty, as a U.S. citizen uh, responsibility. Let me say that there, you know, and I went to a religiously affiliated school system, elementary, middle and high school. So there is a component of, you know what? We believe in God, this is a higher power. Right. Yeah, we'll touch on voting, but we're not really gonna tell you about activism and how <laughs> and why that's important, what the world could be and what it is right now if you don't vote. Right. So I don't know if you've had similar experiences with your um, upbringing. I think, Growing up, we learned about the importance of prominent or most notable mm -hmm. parts of history where 
it, we seem to be liberated, whether okay. it mm-hmm. was as a woman or as an African-American okay. or different things like that, right? And it's like, because of the environment in which I was educated, uh, elementary, predominantly Black school, middle school, mm-hmm. predominantly Hispanic, high school was a combination. It was like a melting pot, Russian, mm-hmm. Hispanic, white, Jewish, Asian. Mm-hmm. So each experience, different information was provided to me because okay. of the culture of the school, right? Mm-hmm. But I would say that as you said, it being presented as like your responsibility as an American citizen, no. No, it was like, if you happen to vote, you could make, you could possibly make change in the country we live in if you happen to decide that you would like to possibly. Interesting. Right? Hmm. Imagine that. And so I'm very proud to say that the young people growing up right now, the high schoolers that I know, oh my goodness, they could run this country without yeah. a problem. It's, it's a different breed, which I am excited about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are definitely activists. And I am excited to continue the conversation because that's one thing that I feel as educators, we need to ensure it doesn't go backwards. I felt like it went backwards in 2016. And, <laughs> and there's, yeah, there's all this like people went like in droves to the polls in 20, mm-hmm. 2008 when, um, mm-hmm. Obama won his first election, but I feel like from that first point, it started to backpedal. Like people Hmm. weren't really at the polls in 2012. They weren't at the polls in 2016. And my concern is like, will people go to the polls in 2020? Have they Hmm. given up hope? And like, what is keeping people from the polls? Like what is keeping people from even learning about the whole process and understanding like the local elections? Why aren't, mm-hmm. why aren't people as interested in that as they right, are right. in like defunding the police? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so passionate about, right. but not about this voting scenario in a country where they pay taxes. Cause like I, my money, okay, that, that I worked, all right. Because if you go to a store and purchase something and it's mm-hmm. not what you, the experience you expected, you will, you customer service. You wanna see the manager. You, you wanna, wanna see the manager. But when you pay taxes, okay. Mm-hmm. That you worked, okay. Yes, so there are definitely, I agree with you, some foundational things that are way off with voting. And I think that's where a lot of individuals become discouraged because two parties, Mm. just two, (laughs) okay? You have majority and plurality. And having an understanding of how that works, but then also being frustrated with just two parties it, I 100% know that it is discouraging for many. Yeah, I think this conversation we could probably continue to have for quite some time because 
obviously the election is not as far away as we mm -hmm. would think because our attention is pulled in so many different directions right. but also that um this t this takes a rallying of people to mm -hmm. be effective and right now i don't even think that the powers that currently be are even in a place to like advise us as the people on what we do right the, ca the campaign has seen for the past two years or so like get rid of trump that is not enough right <laughs> well and that's the point because with two parties right with right. all the other democratic candidates who've dropped out and they've backed this one candidate you get lumped in to this <laughs> one of two and, and I, it's not necessarily what we want, but you're forced into that demographic, right? You're, you're forced into it. But the other thing is, why can't we have a ranking system? You know, we're so distracted now at this point with COVID, with trying to get kids back to school safely, that November is going to be here, like you said, in the blink of an eye. And then what? And then we're like stuck. Correct. Correct. Which is not a, not a good feeling. No, it's right? not. It's, it's never not a good, good feeling. feeling. Whether it is voting or anything else, like, and mm -hmm. so perhaps those are the reasons. I mean, we could explore all of our options. I think today mm -hmm. we just want people to be aware, be aware of like what is happening and mm -hmm. what, about your community like the even if that community is within the walls of your home like yep. it has to start somewhere we all have a responsibility as you so eloquently put it as american <laughs> citizens to make uh our voices heard mm -hmm. in those Absolutely. Uh, arenas especially since we pay taxes all of that yes agreed <laughs> agreed you guys it's been an amazing time even though we've had some very very heavy topics to uh just touch upon because honestly we mm -hmm. just touched upon it but we will continue to unpack and hopefully um bring you all some information that will be helpful to your decision making process in the next few weeks whether it be in regards to education and what's next for your children or to voting and what's next for our lives. That's where we stand with that. Um, Tiffany, any last words for our lovely listeners? Stay safe. Stay safe. Wear your masks, please. Stay and Yes. Yes. <laughs> because it, things are very real out here. It, it exists. Like COVID is a real thing just in case anyone's on the fence about it right a real thing and we're not quite sure that it is we are out of the lion's den yet so mm -hmm. yeah stay safe everyone thank you again for watching we will see you soon listening Bye. watching listening
One look in the media, you see how they treating us. You see how they beating us. You see how they killing us. It's a black man, it's your son. It's a black man, that's your seed. It's a black man, he don't.